And here we go. We are on episode two of the Untitled Gaming Podcast Project. I am one of the co-hosts, TJ, and I am also joined with my co-host. I'm Tyus. Still? After all this time? Yeah. Wild, right? How's that treating you? Uh, decent. (laughs) Well, I know, can't complain. Uh, we're gonna start off uh, just going over some some gaming news headlights. Headlights? Highlights? Headlights like a fucking car. <laughs> headlights like we're, we're a car. Uh, this is this is why I don't get paid for this. Anyway, Ty, you want to hit me up with your first gaming headlight from this week? <laughs> yeah. this week? So uh, last week the Mortal Kombat um, movie trailer drop the the new mortal kombat movie granted i still think that the old like 1990s mortal kombat movie is amazing <laughs> yeah we do not need a new one sorry the fucking theme i mean actually they had a little remake of uh the original score or not score but you know that song the that <laughs> edm song yeah no so funny that that's brought up because um that theme like the you know the the traditional like mortal kombat theme mm-hmm. um that's actually never been used in any of the actual games or like promotional material for the games. That is a missed opportunity. That song fucking slaps. The one exception, dude. the one exception, was for Mortal Kombat 11. Really? And let me tell you, that trailer got me hyped as hell, especially hearing that classic like dun 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 dun. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, they know how to sell this trailer. <laughs> When I was watching the trailer, it, it did feel that the whoever is behind because it's Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, it's Warner Brothers. They they have confidence in it. I at least feel that because like they didn't like try at least from what I saw, it didn't feel like they were trying to like rewrite any of these characters or like try to like find some way to be like mm, it's a video game movie, but you know we're still Hollywood. We're gonna Hollywoodify this a bit to make it more palatable to an audience. Well, uh. Granted, I did notice that the story is not, like, 100% faithful to the game story. Oh, I kind of expected that. Yeah, but uh, I do think that so far it looks great just from the trailers. Yeah, I I honestly, the fact that they're going all in on the, uh, what's it called? Just, like, the gory, the goriness of it. Mm-hmm. That was very, uh, very good. A little, a little faith yeah. restored. In video game now, movies. I'm not sure if you saw, but after the trailer went live, uh, Chun Li was trending on Twitter. Oh my God! I, I have. To, I think I know where you're going with this, and I do have this in my notes. <laughs> because there was a, a news publication website that said, uh, "Yeah, they they were confused as to why Chun Li wasn't shown in the trailer." Yeah, why the fuck and isn't Chun Li in the fucking Mortal Kombat movie? And then a few hours later, the, the article got updated to say, like, turns out Chun-Li isn't part of the Mortal Kombat universe. Who oh, knew? Oh, my God. Like, guys. <laughs> guys. Uh, like, I mean, like, I, I get it. If you don't play fighting games, sometimes it can kind of blur together. And... Street, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, like, the art styles, like, everything is so different, man. I, uh, I, you know, they, they, they at least acknowledged it. We'll, we'll give them that. Yeah. 
They they acknowledged <laughs> it and they apologized. And you know what? I, I'm gonna I got a kick out of it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god! But that. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm looking forward to that movie. Even though I don't play Mortal Kombat, I know next to nothing about the series outside of like fatality co- compilation videos on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm also excited for it. I think it looks great. Uh, second thing that I saw was um, people are suspecting that uh, Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill, and Castlevania are going to be getting like uh, reboots or remasters. Oh, I especially thought you were going to say pachinko the, uh... machines. I was going to be like, yeah, <laughs> probably. No, because uh, uh, I remember looking it up, and apparently. Um, uh konami like has like s- not sold the license but like let other company is is letting another studio do something with these with these uh you know licenses for these games oh really okay well that's i mean like i don't like konami we could we could do a whole fucking <laughs> podcast talking about how i feel about konami but like I guess this is better than nothing as long as like the studio has experience you know and they don't just hand it to like whatever fucking studio they handed off uh, Contra to, that, like, new Contra game that came out. I heard that that game was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that game was dog shit. It's so bad. But, yeah, but... Um, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully an experienced studio that can, like, at least output something, some quality. I'm begging Konami, come on. Yeah, from what people are uh, assuming that it is going to be... Um, uh, I think it's called the the company's or the studio's Bloober Team, and mm. they are the devs behind the game The Medium. The Medium. I is that like a horror game? Yeah, they they think that that's going to be the people are thinking that that's going to be the uh, what's it called? Yeah, the, the people who are going to be doing the Silent Hill uh, potential reboot remaster whatever. Well, all we have now is just words on paper. So going forward, I mean, I can you can only be optimistic at this point. At least that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm not telling everybody else to be <laughs> optimistic. It's Konami. I would not blame you. Uh, trust me, dude. As a diehard fan of Metal Gear, uh, let me say that Metal Gear, uh, whatever was what was the zombie what Metal the Gear Survive. Tra- yeah, Metal Gear Survive. That uh, that game. You can make pokey sticks, dude. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Uh, oh wow, it's got a, a 22% on Metacritic. <laughs> oh my god, Metal Gear Survive? Yeah. Fuck. I mean, you didn't you have to pay to get save slots? Am I crazy? Isn't that wasn't that a feature in that game? Uh, I don't remember I if I'm being honest. I believe that that was actually a feature to get like additional save slots. You had to pay. Um <laughs> you mentioned Chun-Li earlier, and I was going to bring this up. Ryu and Chun-Li are now in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. How does uh, how does it feel seeing Ryu use a fucking gun? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, it's funny because um, uh, Street Fighter Five recently released uh, the season six patch. Ooh. And uh, Ryu got hella buffed, so uh, I have been seeing pictures of Ryu with a Gatling gun all over my timeline because oh. it's just like, wow, they gave him a Gatling gun in Fortnite and in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a. Uh, in Street Fighter Five, you can um, have a sponsor or like, a, yeah, it's called a sponsor bonus where um, the game will uh, show you like a sponsored loading screen before you get into a game. 
Ooh. Um, so like when they were having like their collaboration with Uniqlo, we would see uh like, you know, the Street Fighter characters in the Uniqlo wear. And it was yeah. it was honestly a pretty cool thing, if I'm being honest. But um now I get to see uh, Ryu and Chun Li posing next to a pink bear and a banana. <laughs> oh, I still don't understand Fortnite, man. I uh... <laughs> I mean, the game. to be fair to the game, it's been supported really heavily this entire time, and it's been changing a lot. So, like, Fortnite's your thing. I totally, like, understand. It just isn't so far from being my thing, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was neat how many people are joining <laughs> for Fortnite. Oh, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's it's wonderful. Oh, also, I need to point out, uh, as we're recording this, the PlayStation State of Play is tomorrow, uh, so we are not talking about any of those announcements. That'll probably be on the next podcast. But the PSVR 2 is kind of announced. <laughs> kind of. Was it? Yeah, they basically just stated that they're working on a PSVR 2, and this time, get this, get this, are, are you sitting down? You better hold on I to something. Am, I am, dude, I'm, I'm okay, I'm holding on to my chair. This time, there's <laughs> gonna be a single cord. Yo. One cord. That is one less cord than two. That is three cords less than four. One cord. That's I, insane. I my mind is blown. Um, I'm I had the PSVR one. I ended up selling it, and I still like Half Life. Alex is probably the one thing that's making me look like I making me look back and be like, oh, I wish I kind of had a VR headset. But like, realistically, man, I don't know. VR just it, it feels too gimmicky. All the games I kind of played were very kind of samey experiences. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Looking to the future, who knows? Maybe maybe just. PSVR 2 is going to really revolutionize it. I will say it's great how, um, I guess, like, open, like, consumer-friendly it is now. Like, it's VR is becoming way more affordable, which is good, I think. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and um, another thing. Skyward Sword sells, like, it's sold out on Amazon. Do you see that? Yeah, I saw that it was, like, uh, the number one seller on Amazon, in ter- like, under video games. I don't know if it's still sold out, but it did say temporarily sold out um, a few days ago. It could have changed since then or not. But take that, all you people who are crying about Skyward Sword. Let me just... <laughs> There's been a lot of hate towards Skyward Sword in the like, past few days. <laughs> yeah, I know. That? I've been... I have. I have. I've been seeing a bunch of people uh, getting upset that it's like $60 and calling people who are going to pay $60 like like idiots or whatever. Dude, like the the Wind Waker remake was also $60 and so is like Twilight Princess. And I get the argument that you're going to make is that, oh, not you specifically, the argument that's being, (laughs) Dias, please, please back down. Um, (laughs) The argument that's being made where where like, I guess those games had at least like some sort of added feature to it. I mean, at least Twilight Princess had like one amiibo dungeon or like the amiibo gauntlet thing. I don't know. At this, I I would pay $60 for Skyward Sword. Me personally, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said before, Skyward Sword is actually a Zelda game that I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a great game. I'm sorry. That, that, is, that is our firm stance. We're already dividing our viewer base like, right now. But uh, we here, uh, Tug PP officiated, um, we love Skyward Sword. 
That we do. That we do. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, you, you give me. You give me someone. Yeah, uh, I figured that you would be excited for this. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. Fuck yeah! <laughs> got announced for the Nintendo Switch. Dude, fuck yes! Uh, I I've been playing a bit of the um this the One and Two remake on um I cause I I didn't I thought it was on Steam. Turns out it's only exclusive to the Epic Games Store, which is great. But um I got it in like I because I, I have I ever talked to you about how much I love the Tony Hawk games. Uh, I think we've talked about it briefly, but never too in-depth. Because it was, like, the one game growing up that, like, me and my brother would, like, share and, like, actually, like, really get into. Because, like, he was much <laughs> more of, like, a sports gamer kind of person. I definitely wanted to play more adventure and, you know, everything else. Just basically everything else. And, um, for Tony Hawk, man, like, Tony Hawk's Underground 2 and Underground were, like, my, a big chunk of my childhood. And so, this remake, um, even though it's, it's missing... It's missing the only function it's missing from like underground is the ability to get off your board, which is not like a deal breaker for me. Cause like this, the thing that astounds me about this game is just it nails the like the inertia and like the actual like skating and like doing tricks and like landing. Like, okay, how do, how do I even begin to explain this? Cause Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 came out. And to, to another extent, the remake of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 that also came out before that, they both, like, had this weird fucked up, like, like physics to it. Like, everything was very floaty. Things, like, tricks were, like, basically, you couldn't do a fucking trick because you would just fall every time. Oh, everything weird. was just full of glitches. Yeah, but, like, I, I think it's the same studio that's behind the Crash um, remakes that did this, too. Uh, but, Toys for Bob? I think so. I could be wrong, but they, whoever's behind these Tony Hawk remakes, like they nailed how it felt to like skateboard in the underground games, but like, it's all the maps and like content from one and two. It's, it's amazing. If, um, anyone who's like new to Tony Hawk or just somewhat get like casually interested in, uh, the Tony Hawk's pro skater games, I could highly recommend, uh, just starting with these. Or, well, this one game. It's two games in one. Again, it, it, it's fucking great. I, the only downside is you can't play a Spider-Man in this one, but it's, it's what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I owned that one. Hmm. And uh, I also owned Tony Hawk's American Skateland on like the Game Boy Advance. Oh, and God. I remember uh, my cousin made fun of me because I would call it a SK-8 land because I didn't realize <laughs> that it was supposed to be skate land. <laughs> oh, my God. I I had I think I had the version for the DS of skate land. And, like, I remember just being disappointed because, like, it didn't feel like um, the one on the PS2. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this this ain't it, Chief. Sorry. <laughs> um, what's uh... your next one? Uh, that was pretty much it for me. I got a few more. So let me Go hit, you, let hit, me hit me you up them. with one of these. Um, do you remember the acclaimed, um, Bioware epic MMO, like not quite MMO. It's like that destiny kind of, uh, MMO-esque first, per not like first person, it's third person. I'm fucking this up. Anyway, Anthem's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Anthem's dead? Yeah, Anthem is officially dead. They have pulled all support from the game, and they're going to start <laughs> diverging their team to work on the next Mass Effect. Really? Yep. 
so sorry to anybody who is really into uh, Anthem out there. We'll pour one out for you. Oh, hey, yeah, that got announced 11 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, man. I, like... Like the thing I, because I didn't give a shit about Anthem. I'll be honest. Like I, I've never really played any of the Bioware games. Uh, I'm kind of starting uh, Knights of the Old Republic right now, but like Anthem never really interested me. But the thing that bothers me just about this is just um, the the nature of like studios like kind of putting all this hype and energy behind like a game, and then they rush to release it. And then immediately, like, they just drop it when, like, the player base just immediately plummets because they, like, aren't doing a good job. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember seeing Anthem, and uh, the only thing I thought when I saw, like, the trailers for it was I was just like, oh, this just looks like, uh, like Warframe or um, yeah. Destiny, but with, like, plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, I, I mean, because, like, the, to, to, I mean, there's people that play Destiny. I used to play Destiny, and, like, the I will say the first-person, like, gunplay, because it's, it's Activision and Bungie, it feels good. It, it's, it, that has that going for it, but, like, I just don't know what Anthem really had going for it. Nothing about that game really stood out to me, personally. <laughs> if you liked Anthem, I, again, pour my pour my drink out to you i i will i will respect your taste in games i just man anthem it, it really just represents the current state of games starting up with all this massive like like commercial like you know all the big commercial push behind it all the hype and then immediately when like it's rushed out the door and full of bugs and people drop out the company then is like, okay, no, uh, put it. I don't want to play with you anymore. Fucking cue the Toy Story two meme. <laughs> yeah, I feel sad for all four people who play this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, call them out. Um, okay, and uh, my my last. Um, actually, well, yeah, yeah. I'll just. I, I think this is pretty much the only last like gaming headline that I want to talk about. Um, Illinois is talking about banning violent video games again in 2021. We are still fucking having this debate. <sighs> <sighs> Apparently, if uh, you're caught, according to this bill, because it hasn't gone through, they're trying to go ahead and outlaw it again. And um, if you would, if you are caught selling violent video games, you'll have to pay a penalty up to a thousand dollars. Like, guys, <laughs> come on. I'm just saying, you can literally download it off of the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that unless, like, I don't know, you have to download a different Steam client when you live in Illinois. <laughs> you gotta use a VPN. You gotta use a Surfshark or Nord if you want to play GTA Five. Yeah. It's just, like, it's so annoying. And, like... I was reading up on the article and, it, you know, it always says the same thing. According to the American Psych uh, Psychological Association in a 2020 resolution, there is still insufficient evidence to prove a link between violent games and violent behavior. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if we're just going to keep going in circles and ignoring the actual issues and things that we can actually put towards the community to, you know, improve mental health or like help kids that like need actual fucking like help. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just looked it up, and apparently this whole thing came about because uh, there's been an increase in carjackings 
in oh Illinois. God, are you like, yeah, I learned how to hotwire a car from GTA. Yeah, that's, that's, it that's exactly sure. what I was going to say. I'm like, literally ask anybody who plays GTA. Like, I'm sure like literally like 1% of the people who play GTA know how to hotwire a car. <laughs> it's in every movie it's literally like let me just go under the steering wheel and like i don't know saw into the fucking car to find like those two wires i need to like scratch together yeah i'm just gonna tap them together and boom i got the car like what the fuck dude anyway it, it's it's just crazy to me to still see this argument being made and like i i thought you know it's like i thought we've we've come so far in understanding this I... Anyway, let's get into our main topic, the the main course of this podcast. Yeah, so uh, in honor of Zelda, The Legend of Zelda's 35th anniversary, we're going to be uh, picking up the slack where Nintendo <laughs> didn't. How dare they release the worst Zelda game on the Switch? Yeah, so uh, <sighs> let's let's just talk about Zelda, like just like, you know. Maybe Can we, talk we about could Zelda. I fucking love Zelda. I do too, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we decided it'd be fun to go over our favorite mechanics, innovations, and stuff throughout the years. And you know, it there is a lot. I honestly, when I when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, well, you know, there are things that I very much like about Zelda. But they built the groundwork for like a lot of systems in 3D, like action games, puzzle games, adventure games. Dare I say? Yeah, definitely. Anyway, why don't you why don't you get the ball rolling on this? Let me hear let me hear one of your faves. Uh so one of my favorites, um and this might be a bit of like uh I don't know how to describe it, like maybe an unpopular opinion. Uh oh. But um we, we already uh, got a bunch of those. <laughs> I'm I'm actually a very big fan of the what are they called? The uh, Oracle games. Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages, and Oracle of Seasons. Oh. I mean, I, um, honestly, I've never heard really bad things about them. I own them, but I haven't beat them. Yeah, no. Honestly, um, those were, like, I guess my real, my first introduction to Zelda, but they weren't the first Zelda games that I beat. They were just the first ones that I, um, that I remember playing. Like, my cousin owned both of them. And I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know who Link was. I didn't know. I, I was like two years old when the games came out, or like three years old, maybe. Basically, your baby. Basically, I was baby. But I thought it was really cool, like the whole um, dungeon mechanics and whatnot. I thought like just the the idea of like solving puzzles to get further inside was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, and then like as I got older, I got the games myself, and I looked into them, and I thought it was really cool that they had. Um, like a, a, a non-linear story in a sense, because uh, when you beat one game, you're given a code, and mm-hmm. you can put that code into the other game, and it'll the the second game that you play will be considered like the uh, one that you play, or like the second part of Link's story, essentially. And right. like there will be characters from the first game that you played in the second game. So it it doesn't matter which one you play first, though, right? No, 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 it doesn't. and uh another thing that i really liked about them was how they were uh, intentionally designed differently so oracle of seasons was meant to be more combat focused Mm. and with that they gave um you know more i guess like kind of weapon items for you to use oh i see Uh, like a a boomerang of sorts or a 
a arrow and bow? They actually don't give you a bow and arrow, what? but they do give you um, they do like both games. For example, had the boomerang, oh, but yeah. only Oracle of Seasons had the upgraded boomerang, the magic boomerang, which you could control and actually like deal damage to enemies with. Oh, okay, that's great. <laughs> Just lock that one in that in the action <laughs> game. Yeah, and then uh, the uh, Oracle of Ages was more puzzle-based. Oftentimes in Oracle of Ages, you would see items that... Uh, essentially, if you saw this set piece in an, in a dungeon, like in, in one of the rooms in the dungeon, you'd know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I have to use this item to solve it. Right. It's like Zelda um, in general. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would say that uh, Oracle of Ages had a lot more of these types of items. Oh, okay. Like, there was, like, uh, the switch hook, which kind of functioned similarly to the hook shot. Mm. But when it grabbed onto something, you and the thing that you grabbed would switch places. Whoa, that's cool. That never fucking came back in anything. What? Yeah, no, that that's, like, that, that was one of my, like, favorite items to use. I thought that that was, like, a super, super cool mechanic. That sounds cool. Yeah, I, um, the only Game Boy one I think I played was Link's Awakening. Yeah, I I actually Link's Awakening was the most recent one that I've played because uh, I ended up buying it on the 3DS a few years ago. This was before they announced the that Switch. Was, that um, was how I played it. Yeah. Yeah. This so I I played it before the uh, Switch port came out. Um, still haven't gotten around to getting the Switch port, but I, I have it. It's pretty solid. Yeah, I've heard that it's good, but I heard that it's very much, like, exactly like the Game Boy Color one. Yeah. Just, like, it that. looks nicer. I The thing is, like, I, I, I think for me personally, what I would have wanted from it was I wish it controlled more, like, uh, Link Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it still has a bit of that, like, eight-directional kind of thing. Although, that I guess the Game Boy version didn't have that either, but it's more... You know, it's more similar to the gameplay of uh, the Game Boy, which it's fine. Yeah. Also, in both, um, what's it called? In both Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, you could get a different animal buddy, and that was great. Oh, <laughs> the fuck! There was a uh, Dimitri, the Dodongo, who could swim. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have Dimitri the Dodongo, Moosh the Flying Bear, or Ricky the Boxing Kangaroo. I like how they kept to at least, like, one actual Zelda animal, and then the rest are like, fuck it, uh, Flying Bear. Yeah, it's, it's lit, like, Moosh is this, bi this big old bear with, like, these two little, little wings. And so, like, he can kind of hover over, like, groups of, like, you know, like, holes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh... What was it? Like, if you held down his, like, hover button, he would, like, charge up, like, a butt slam and just, like, crash down on the floor and deal a bunch of damage. That sounds like fun. I only vaguely remember these things because, fucking, as a kid, I, I had all the, the Zelda manga and I read the, the Oracle manga for, like, I think there was a separate one for ages and seasons. Yeah, there was. Yeah, so I read both of those. So that was, that was, like, my exposure to that game or those games. <laughs> But yeah, what about what about you? What what's uh what's one of your favorite I guess, animations? I guess if we're on like hot takes and unpopular opinions, 
Oh yeah, and I only said that my opinion was unpopular because like some people see it as like, oh well, why did they split the game in two parts? Oh, uh, like, were there originally like, going to be three games, or is that like a conspiracy? No, no, no. There were originally going to be three games. Uh, okay. Yeah, that that part is true, but then also, they just those made games it... are made by Capcom. Yeah, they were. Good job, Capcom. And then you made Capcom Minish Cap. also made a. I, I love Minish Cap. I know. <laughs> I love I I okay, well I say I love Minish Cap, but I've literally only done like the opening part of Minish Cap. I have it on a what's it, the Wii U virtual console and on my well <laughs> I guess it's technically pirating if I if I admit that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll move on, um I'll move on to my unpopular uh, opinion. This is gonna be way more unpopular than yours, I think. Um I'm gonna talk I'm gonna give a little bit of praise to some motion controls for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um so the specific like look I, I get the jankiness of some of the sword combat and skyward sword for a lot of people uh personally i didn't have that much of an issue my issue came more from bomb bowling than anything that's like where my motion control struggle started happening but as for things i really enjoyed with motion controls i loved fucking flying the loft wing like i really wish in skyward sword there was a lot more to do in the sky because to me like and also, this is coming from someone who really enjoyed the um, the plane mini game in Wii Sports Resort. So, like, mm-hmm. I really love the idea of using the Wii Remote, and like, you just kind of envision it like whatever you're flying, and you just kind of tilt it the way you would as if you like you're holding a toy of it. You um, see, I was gonna, I was gonna be, I was gonna jump in and say. I actually hated the loft wing. Let's fucking but the go. Reason, the reason I hated it was because there was nothing to do in Skyloft. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> one of the biggest fucking things that I hated about that. hundred like it was just it was a missed opportunity. And and like Skyward Sword's linearity like is one of the main critiques of that game. But honestly, like if they had like a big open sky and like that's how you travel to these things. I mean, it's technically how you travel, but if it was bigger and you had more of a, like, a bigger, like, like Wind Waker is essentially what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but, no, I 100% agree with that, because Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda game. Yeah. And, like, I love the Great Sea, even though I know people hate the Great Sea to death. Because, yeah, I hate oh, the Great Sea, or whatever. <laughs> but, uh like exploring the great sea without getting any of the like i love how you start out without having a complete map yeah and you get to fill it in piece by piece and you get to explore these islands individually because like i feel like that just really like like kicks into my like whole exploring like gene in my brain where i'm just like i want to just see exploring gene in my brain (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how to describe it man but i will say uh, Breath of the Wild definitely brought that back. Oh my god, Breath of the yes. Wild fucking mastered, like, open-world exploration. I agree. 100%. Um, really quick, going back to motion controls, the second thing I was going to talk about is controlling, uh, and also, like, okay, I, I already see some criticism with this coming up, but I liked f- controlling the little beetle. I liked flying it around and doing the silly little bump into this or cut, like, this, like, vine. I thought it was fun. It's just a similar thing. Just I, I like I like the feeling of almost like I have a little remote control little buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah, for me, I feel like the first couple of times it was really cool. 
And then, like, you know, after a while, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to use this to pick up a a bomb and drop it onto an enemy. Because, like, the enemy's, like, over a pit or, like, on the other side of quicksand. Yeah, and the thing is, I 100% agree with you on that. Like, it gets, (laughs) it just gets repetitive. And, yeah, no, like, I, I can't, I can't ignore that. I just think, in terms of how it felt to fly it, I enjoyed that and it made me feel good. Oh um, yeah, I, I think it was a really cool innovation. Like, it, it in my opinion, I thought like the first time using it, I was like, "Dude, this is like this is gonna be my favorite item." Like, the I'm never gonna want to use it. Yeah, yeah, the future result is here. And then afterwards, I was just like, "I'm gonna use this beetle to drop another bomb." <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i and I, I mean honestly like i'm trying to think of like ways that they could have implemented it to do like you know different more interesting things and maybe that's it maybe they just got lazy and they're like okay well we, we have this tool that we can just kind of use maybe just i don't know do the same thing over and over again towards the end because <laughs> don't really don't really know anything else to do with it cut a vine maybe. yeah cut some vines um <laughs> the last uh my last motion control um like thing that i love and like i i don't think this one's as controversial um it was introduced with the 3ds remakes and that is a uh, gyro aiming i really really enjoy gyro aiming and I, I think i've talked to you about this when we talk about monster hunter but like i'm somebody that really does like the gyro uh sense for like not like all like i, I don't want like all my look controls to be like gyro but when i'm aiming and like taking a shot like i find it to be a lot more accurate for me and like going back and doing um things i think of specifically um just like what what it's in majora's mask and i think it's on the romani ranch you know do you know what i'm talking about the like arrow game or like when you're on like uh, horseback or, or like are no, you talking about the one where you where you ride around and you shoot uh the uh what's it called like the targets and then you, also you there's the one the where you're fleeing. Yeah, there's also oh yeah, there's also that. The gyro for me just like made that so much fucking easier. Really? Okay, because for me, I, I guess it's different because um, I get around a lot using the public metro. Oh yeah. And uh, using gyro controls on that is not fun. <laughs> oh no, that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So uh, for me, I I've always kind of like hated gyro aiming mm-hmm. not not to say that i don't get like why would people ever want to use gyro aiming because no i i get it like um for some games it does feel good like uh i did use a little bit of it in the uh, ocarina of time 3d remake mm-hmm. um and i tried it on splatoon wasn't really my thing you take that, uh, you take that back right now <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I've never claimed to be good at Splatoon and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that I'm like a like like my word is law. Oh yeah, no, no, each to their own man. I'm not I am not the end all be all. I'm not trying to gatekeep. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because if if I remember correctly, um what was it? I, I think uh a lot of the uh like competitive Splatoon players actually use um um uh, like gyro aiming. Yeah, it it they compared a lot to just like using mouse in like a first person shooter. Yeah, yeah. It's just that added, like, it's slight, slight added precision. And, like, I'll admit, like, because um, I, I got, like, a pretty, uh, what's it called? Like, a, my leg shakes a lot. And, you know, if I'm playing a game, I rest my, like, controller on my lap. 
So I'll always have issues with that every now and then. Like if I have to really focus, I have to lift my controller. But mm -hmm. I've I've had my instances where I'm like, oh my god, this is like really bad, and like my leg is shaking. I can't like keep the shit still, and it looks like I'm like playing in an earthquake. <laughs> but like, um, just just uh, for me personally. I really like how the gyro made a lot of the stuff that I had issue with just with uh, the N64 is like, I, I guess the frame rate really did make it slow, but like even just, it, it's a lot of like the primitive heart, like um, primitive. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, it's old. And the, the, the first person gameplay is a little bit laggier than anything I'm used to nowadays. So it, it adds a bit more of a struggle, but the gyro really kind of redeemed it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, share with me another another of yours. Oh, I got like, I, I got arguably the hottest take in the world right here. I am not ready. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, have you ever played The Legend of Zelda The Phantom Hourglass? <laughs> no, I played Spirit Tracks. This was a Spirit oh, you, Tracks household. Oh, wow. You never played uh, Phantom Hourglass. Mm -mm. Okay, well, um, I know that a lot of people are very vocal about how much they hate the Temple of the Ocean King. Oh, God. I, uh, I know next to nothing about this. So, um, you find the titular Phantom Hourglass Ooh. Uh, towards the start of the game. And there's this temple called the Temple of the Ocean King. Mm -hmm. And it's cursed. And mm -hmm. so while you stay there, your health gradually depletes. But if you have the Phantom Hourglass, so long as you have time in the Hourglass, your health doesn't deplete. But, you know, that as you sounds run around... like the most fucking annoying thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life going on. <laughs> uh, as you go through the game, you get, um, what is it? You get more sand for your hourglass and whatnot. But um, one thing... So people hate it because pretty much after every dungeon, you have to go back to the... Uh, you have to go back to the... Uh, what's it called? Sorry, blanking out here. You have to go back to the Temple of the Ocean King, and you have to go deeper and deeper into it. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, there are also phantoms that if they see you, they will attack you and just one-shot you. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> what the fuck dude like i i already have my issue with like timer mechanics and games which i don't even understand how like majora's mask is my favorite zelda game when like that game is one big fucking timer mechanic but like that just sounds like i have anxiety the entire time you see um one of my favorite things about it is as you get more items you start being able to open up like little passageways and little shortcuts that you can utilize and there were also sand refills that you could pick up along the way right uh and then like once you got to certain like i guess like base floors almost you could set them as like a fast travel point and you would be teleported to that floor using however much time you used on your way to get there oh, so say okay. like it took you like two minutes to get to like the 10th floor mm -hmm. then when you got to that um base that like base floor mm -hmm. then uh it would end up being that you could sacrifice two minutes of your time and be teleported to the 10th floor oh shit that's actually pretty cool 
Yeah, and I had gotten good enough at it using all of the um, bonuses and all of the shortcuts and everything that I could get to the bottom floor of the Temple of the Ocean King using zero minutes and zero seconds. <laughs> You're making me feel like a whiny little bitch talking about like time against you. Like, oh, oh, you know what? This is just part of the fucking challenge. Let me just actually like game it here. I mean, you're not the only one. A lot of people really hate on uh, uh, Phantom Hourglass because of these mechanics. And I, I understand why it is repetitive. And, like, getting down to that floor using those shortcuts is, like, something that you only build up after doing it time after time. Mm -hmm. And I guess the only thing that I can say is uh, mainly the reason why I enjoy it is because, like, maybe it's just built into me. It's, like, why I enjoy playing fighting games and practicing the same combo. 17 times in an hour or something like oh that God. <laughs> no i think that makes sense for you i like that actually makes like a lot of sense and not, not like oh yeah that's totally you but like i think it's cool that people can find beauty and things that other people destroy with their words <laughs> so yeah that, that's that's what, what i would arguably consider as my hottest take because i have seen nothing but people hating on the temple of the ocean king and the phantom hourglass <laughs> damn well my next item is something i more so just um wanted to point out is a little little zelda innovation and mo most of these rest ones are just kind of like really mechanics and innovations i really like um mm -hmm. battery saves were like apparently i could be wrong but apparently battery saves were started with the first zelda Meaning, like, the actual ability to save your game. Thank you. We got a, yes, I think. Yeah, apparently. Wow, I actually didn't realize that. Yeah, now that you mention it, like, every game passed before that, it would be like, hey, uh, start from the beginning again. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, like, um, I mean, that was part of the reason why, growing up, I did not like the original Mario Bros, was because, like, I could never fucking beat it. And then, like, I'm like, why oh, does it dude, start me from the I, beginning? What? I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> like, I literally hated the original Mario Bros. for that reason. Yeah, same. Like, I would get, like, to, like, level, like, 3 dash, like, 3, and then I would die, and I'd just be like, what do you mean I have to start from the beginning? Like, <laughs> yeah, but then Zelda comes out, and it literally starts up with that, like, save screen. And apparently, like, that's the first gaming save stream save screen bleh which is like wow, I don't know, I it's crazy to think no about. idea about that yeah it's crazy to think about like i mean it's something i guess i we all take for granted the ability to save but like <laughs> zelda being it, it kind of makes sense being like the adventure game that it is that also innovated the idea of gaming beyond just to get a high score it's actually the going on exploration and adventure and like going into this game i also appreciate how Zelda 1 was one of the first games to do, like, a new game plus with the uh, the second quest. That's also true. That, like, just... Also, more games need to do that. I mean, I, I, th I feel like new game plus has been a pretty pretty accepted uh, staple in, in modern games. But, like, just... I, I like shit like that, like little mirror modes or, like, being able just to, just to do, like, all the different uh, master modes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean that's that's honestly all I had to say. I was just I was shocked when I found out. I was like, oh yeah, battery saves were literally something that started with Zelda, and now it is a, like one of the most important features of a game. 
Yeah, like it, it's funny because you know we like you said we we do take that for granted a lot of the time just because like it's become so normalized and it's just like oh yeah, every game has a freaking save system yeah. like why wouldn't you have one yeah you'd be fucking crazy to start have a game with no save unless i guess that's like the main feature of your game but even then like yeah man like if if gaming i mean I, i'm sure at some point someone else would have invented saves you know saving but like holy shit man like up until that point games were just oh yeah get the high score or oh yeah you know it's like you just keep playing until time runs out yeah or we're just going to make the game hard as shit, so that way it'll be yeah. worth, like, $40. Yeah, the per the perceived longevity of a game be by just making it really, really fucking hard, but it's only, like, four levels. Yeah, it's just, like, we're going to throw literally everything, including the kitchen sink, at you. Oh, God. Uh, and then once you finally beat the game, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that was worth 40 bucks, even though it was just, like, actually, like, 20 minutes of gameplay. <laughs> I, I, I really, I really gotta commend Zelda for this. Thank, thank you, Zelda. I, I bow, I, I tip my hat. <laughs> anyway, hit me, hit me with yours. You're next. Uh, another innovation that I like. Well, this isn't really an innovation. This is just something I want to point out. I mean, I know that Zelda Two gets a lot of hate, but oh, no. uh, the little crouchy, the little, uh, the little jumping like pogo stick stab <gasps> came from that yes. game. And I love that move. The most <laughs> fucking rewarding feeling. Like, not rewarding feeling, but just, like, the best fucking, like... Like, uh, what, what's, like, ASMR for, like, a gaming, like, impact feel? <laughs> it's essentially I, what I get every single fucking time. It's just... Just, just the feedback from that move just, you know, feels mm -hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Like, real, I'm, like, trying to think realistically, like... Would that even be a like a reasonable thing to do as an attack to like jump down with like your sword under you? I mean, could oh, be, no, could uh, be uh, never, <laughs> never could be pretty effective. <laughs> pin them to the ground, you know. But like that, that you're not gonna bounce even back though up though. That, that, you can't uh, just do your little yeah. hops. <laughs> yeah, like I know Zelda Two gets a lot of hate, like I said, and, and rightfully so in in a lot of cases, but. I'll, I'll be damned if that move isn't the, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> so fucking satisfying to do. If, and if you can just, like, hit off multiple of them, you just keep hopping, like, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better than this. Yeah, dude. When I when I was a younger and I played Smash, like, literally the one move that I would do over and over again, would I would just spam Link's down air because I was just like, this move is so cool. <laughs> it is the ultimate move. It does so yeah, much damage, too. Yeah, and if I get to bounce and it potentially hits somebody else or hit him again, like, that's the best. <laughs> why would you do anything else? Yeah, like, why would you use any other move? <laughs> It it is a fucking phenomenal move. I, I gotta I gotta agree with you on this one. <laughs> yeah, so um, another innovation though that came from Zelda One was uh the idea of using sounds to kinda of denote secrets. Ooh. Okay. Or like if you would if you would uh you know, swing your sword at a at a wall <gasps> That's and right. if it made a different sound than if you bombed it, you would get a you you would find a secret. That's right. That's so true. I didn't even fucking think about that. And yeah, also, and it's it, such it an just immersive blows my thing, mind. too. Yeah, it it blows my mind that they thought of that, like, even back then. Because, like, it's just like, why would you do that? Like, 
it, like that, that that hasn't been a thing before but like just the idea just the thought of like oh like maybe because the wall is like you know hollow behind it so like it's not gonna have as like deep a noise when you hit it it's and i'm just like yeah dang that's so smart yeah man it's something zelda does extraordinarily well and i think it's why it, it's it's longevity is proven i mean like the ability to be sucked into a world and like the immersion of it it it, it let me tell you something immersion is not waiting fucking for a train in your in your big space mmo or whatever no Immersion Dang, is man, literally you're hitting on Star Citizen. <laughs> God damn it! We'll we'll hit on Star Citizen on another podcast. I'm here to feel good about Zelda, um, <laughs> but like immersion is legitimately like you're in like you're exploring the world and using like what you logically would do if you were there. It, it's it's almost its own form of role playing in a way. But like, yeah, if you're gonna look for like secrets in the wall, you would just naturally think to like, oh yeah, let me check it. It's that experimentation with the world, I think, that adds to immersion in a game and that ability to, like, question, oh, what if I did this and then actually be rewarded for questioning that? I think that's yeah. the biggest thing that adds to um, immersion in a game rather than... Yeah, writing. because I, I think I think one of the, the coolest things about that is that, it, it uh, like, just figuring that out it encourages players to to do it more and to to try to like oh like how else can i experiment and then there's just like oh if i burn down if i use the candle on this on these trees they burn and then oh look at that there's like a there's a hidden uh there's a hidden staircase here like i wouldn't have thought of that and now it's just like now i'm gonna burn down the entire forest <laughs> I, was, I was about to say like breath of the wild took that one wild and then they like they realized they opened pandora's box and like we we fucking just tore that game apart <laughs> yeah but i mean i i also think that that was something that was so cool that you could even go as far as interacting with the trees cutting them down like um even in the uh, i don't remember uh, the great plateau Mm -hmm. um when you uh when you come across the the old man's um like little hut or like his little cabin i guess and you learn about like the cooking system and whatnot yeah um you you have to get across the other side of the gorge but there's no way to get across and so you can cut down a tree and use it right. as a bridge and i was like dude that is genius like again it, it's immersion in the way where the world itself like you look around and you like you actually like the game doesn't just straight up like tell you you just put two and two together you look around and you think to yourself hmm, is could i could i possibly do that and then you try it out and the game's like yeah dude you totally fucking can yeah i think like i, I could go on and on about just like how great breath of the wild is because like that game made you want to experiment with everything yeah man i i still to this day just the the community behind that game and the shit people can fucking do oh my god the trick shots all the fucking Dude, when people breath of the wild do, like, trick shots yeah when people just like shoot an ancient arrow and then they do um the double bomb like uh launch and uh like they fly along with their uh <laughs> uh, with their glider and then like after like two minutes the bomb hits a uh hits a guardian and like just instant like hits it uh, to go even further like hits it in the eye i'm just like how do you even like what level does your brain work at to do it's that so dude fucking <laughs> incredible i like 
I, I, it, I mean, it's pure skill. I, I don't, I don't think they're hacking. It's, they just, they fucking do it over and over again and they experiment. And uh, that is what makes the game fucking immersive. It's incredible. I love Breath of the Wild. I can go on and on about how fucking good Breath of the Wild is. Uh, but instead, I'm going to go on about my next, my next uh, favorite innovation. And, um, I, I, I'm trying to think, I don't know if Zelda was necessarily where this originated from. It could have been something else, but I'm mainly thinking about this just because I'm thinking of DS games and, um, and like Wii U games, but the second screen inventory was so fucking useful. And I know you didn't have a Wii U. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware you didn't have a Wii U, but Having the second like screen inventory in like Wind Waker and in Twilight Princess made like the management so much better, and also yeah, no, it made the water temple so much fucking very... easier. Yeah, in, no, um, for the DS version, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it really just kind of bums me out that we're probably never gonna get that like double screen experience anymore. Mm-hmm. But and, and the other thing that kind of bummed me out too is just that like because okay, this isn't a big nitpick. I love Breath of the Wild. This this is not me being like Breath of the Wild is worse because of this. But that game was originally being developed for the Wii U, but it doesn't have that feature on the Wii U version of the game. Hmm. Like there is no gamepad functionality. I think I don't even think you can use it as a map, which is weird because on the tech demo that they showed off, like originally for Breath of the Wild, they did show the gamepad being used like a map. But it is what it is, and it is it was a nice innovation, and you know what? To be fair, in Breath of the Wild, uh, the inventory management. I mean, but I would say the only thing I don't like about the menu like management in Breath of the Wild is um, having to press, like, pause to eat something to heal, like, really quick. It's like Skyrim, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It, it, it legitimately is. <laughs> so, like, I can't come... I really can't complain that much, because, I mean, I fucking love Breath of the Wild. So, it, it's not... It's, like, a minor criticism, but, like, I, I would hope in Breath of the Wild 2, maybe, like, some way to make, like, maybe a, it, a food hot bar or something. I don't know. <laughs> you want this to be Final Fantasy? Yeah, yeah, man. I want it <laughs> to be Final a hot Fantasy. Bar for everything. Yes. You have to play a Breath of the Wild too with a mouse and keyboard. Yes. Oh my God! Give me all my fucking hot bars now. Um. Anyway, hit me up with another, another. I need another. Uh, another one. Let me look through my notes here. Uh Let's see, let's see. Okay, I talked about uh, bombable walls. I talked about the separation of Oracle and Ages. Um, the separation. I talked about... <laughs> or of Ages and Seasons, not Oracle yeah, yeah, yeah. of Ages. Uh, separate. I talked about uh, Temple of the Ocean King. Um, gotta say, I just love how uh, Zelda uses musical instruments. <laughs> yeah, dude, um... I, I definitely can agree with that. I did not know what an ocarina was until... Yeah, I, I found out that uh, ocarinas are South American. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was in... Uh, I believe it was Argentina. Mm -hmm. uh, I bought a clay ocarina. It's not like the 12-hole the type that is in 
um, Ocarina of Time, but this was like a little six-hole Ocarina. But I just thought, like, I was like, damn, like, if I had never played, if I had never played Zelda, I wouldn't have known what the hell this is. Right. No, that's like it's so cool that it's able to kind of like open up that cultural, like the the cultural experience that way. Um, in um, because did you play Spirit Tracks? A little bit. I never beat it. Yeah, I never beat I it either. Played it. I played, I played a bit of it, but um, because did did Phantom Hourglass have an instrument? No, it didn't actually. Oh, because in you know what I'm where I'm going with this the instrument that's in Spirit Tracks you know what it is right? yeah the pan flute the pan flute's so cool that was like one of my favorite things was the fact that like you actually blew into the DS microphone and then you actually had to like move it on the screen to like play the different notes and everything yeah uh, I don't know if they're originally from Peru but I have definitely seen a lot of pan flutes in Peru <laughs> but, which. Yeah. Yeah, very be. cool. I think they might be. I don't know. And then, uh, obviously, I guess, like, I'm trying to think of, like, more iconic, like, Zelda instruments. You could literally just list all the different instruments used to play the Windfish song in, like, Link's Awakening. But there's also, like, um, I mean, the harp. You could do Sheik's harp. Mm-hmm. Pretty, and it's also pretty the harp used. There's also a harp used in uh, uh, Skyward Sword. <gasps> You're right, and you play it, and you play it. <laughs> You're right. Oh shit! I told that went over my head. I totally forgot that there is a playable harp in Skyward Sword. Holy shit! That's so cool. Fuck. I'm I'm trying to think of like more instruments. I mean, literally Majora's Mask. There's all the different like when you wear the mask and the instrument changes. So you got, like, oh my horn, god, that also brings me back to like one of my favorite side quests in uh Majora's Mask, which is um the uh the milk bar side quest where you have to don each mask and you each play a different part of a oh of a god, song. Oh my god, yeah. Make me wanna fucking cry. <laughs> uh I I mean that's another thing I guess I could I didn't have this written down, but like Zelda's ability to tackle like mature themes in like this fantasy like child like setting, I guess that that makes sense. Like to this to, in my mind there is like no game that tackles like grief like fucking Majora's Mask. Can I think of one? At least off Probably the top of my not. head. There's <laughs> yeah, nothing, off the top of my head I can't. There's nothing that like makes me actually like feel it. Like I like I can, like, I don't know what it is. The atmosphere of that game, the music, the fucking tone and setting it sets. Like, I, I, I feel exactly what that game wants me to feel. I think it's, I think one of the most wild things is, um, how the different characters each respond to, I guess, the fact that they're going to be dying. Like, specifically, like, in Clocktown when the, uh, what's it called when the the moon is starting to fall yeah and you get to see how the different characters react to it like you know there's the um the 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 building chief who's just like oh no like the moon's not gonna fall you're being stupid um there's the uh the sword uh the guy who runs the dojo who's saying like oh you know like he's gonna cut it but then if you go back to his dojo on the third day He's actually hiding in a secret back room. 
I saw and he's that like on praying. something recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you go if you go to the dojo on the third day, like on the evening of the third day, um, he's not going to be in the room or, like at first. And then if you go towards the back, there's like a scroll, and if you cut it with your sword, you can go inside there, and he's in there like crying and praying that the the moon doesn't fall and that the world doesn't end and everything. And it's just like, damn, dude. I just got fucking like, goosebumps thinking about that. Like that, this. If you want to have a fucking existential crisis at a young age, you play Majora's <laughs> Mask. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. That that the three day mechanic. I I still I mean I've yet to play a game that has like a three day mechanic. I I think what was it Outer Wilds kind of says like it has a similar sort of Groundhog Day mechanic. Where yeah, I think it, like the world the, the solar system's ending in twenty minutes or something like that. Yeah, I have not played it. I don't know like how it tackles it. It could be totally good, but like to me like that three day time limit like really allowed them to like write these characters and set them on like a schedule and have them all be doing something and like it it, that world is living like termina is a fucking like living world yeah and it's definitely fucking crazy (laughs) i get chills every time i fucking think about that game um yeah i i I wrote down a few uh one and done mechanics that showed up in a few games that like I I really enjoyed and like wish I would see back. Um, uh-huh. Go for it. If, so here, this this is one. Um, I don't know how feasibly they would bring this back. They definitely will not. I at least as far as I know, they will not bring it back in Breath of the Wild too. But the ability to uh tr- like go on the wall and a link between worlds and become like the the painting link. Oh, dude, I actually really loved that mechanic. I mean, so cool. Link Between Worlds uh, was honestly, like, such a treat to play. So fucking fun. Like, th- everything in that game, all the puzzles, like, just so rewarding. I felt big brain the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I remember um, one of the, because uh, uh, the Maya Mai's, the little, like, yeah, octopus the... snail things. Yeah. Um, I remember I saw one on a wall, and I was like, I don't know how to get it, because like, even if you grab it off, if you grab it, like it's like too stuck to the wall to pull off. And I looked it up online, and it was just like, oh, you turn into painting mode, get behind it, and then you come out of the wall. And I was like, holy shit, that's <laughs> genius. <laughs> no, totally. Like just like how like playing that game and realizing like oh how do i get to that ledge over there there's like no fucking possible way and then i'm like oh just go on the wall go around the outside of the wall and then that's how i fucking and like the way like it naturally like in the environments especially in like the low rule like world and stuff like that like like just figuring out ways to navigate using it was fascinating yeah i also think it was really cool how like if you went around and like really poked around in the dungeons like sometimes it would reward you with like oh here's like a room full of rupees for deciding to like walk along this wall for long enough or something like that (laughs) yeah no exactly um i will say one thing though not a fan of that baseball minigame that's fair (laughs) yeah i don't know It, it it was i think i was like i was liking it at first but then like it it became like an actual challenge at least it's not like the fucking winnie the pooh flash baseball game but like oh the one where tigger is like <laughs> just like super like god yeah at least it's not like that but like 
damn dude i did not enjoy trying to 100 that i remember 100 well like quote unquote 100 percenting it because like i didn't do the multiplayer stuff oh yeah no i didn't do that either so i guess quote unquote for me too yeah but i mean i i did really enjoy link between worlds like that game i think is so cool mm. I I really I was really hoping like a porter like another I just want to use that mechanic again like I feel like there's still more things to be done and things to add. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just go full on Mario sixty four and just walk into paintings and yeah, fuck it, let's go, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Um, I'd be down for that. Oh yeah. Uh, my next um, this I guess is more of an item, but um, the dual hook shot. I really oh from uh from Twilight Princess. It is the then like this is such like a smooth brain like it's like how do we make the hook shot better? Two hook shots. <laughs> <laughs> it's just get another fucking. But it's so good. It's so fucking genius. Like I, not even not even hyperbole. It's fucking like new dimension of fucking brain wavelength. Like. <laughs> so good i i really want the hook shot to come back in breath of the wild too like i will say like i i've been missing the hook shot and yeah definitely only, the only thing i could say that could make it better <laughs> two of them two dual hook shot <laughs> give me the i will shot. uh i will say um like uh i did really uh like the grappling hook in um wind waker yeah no i can totally agree with that too i also thought that it was um very cool that uh it it, it also had like a combat purpose where you could steal items off yeah, of that's right. the enemies that you would hit with it one thing that i was worried about when i like uh played like wind waker was like oh when i get the hook shot is it just gonna make the grappling hook um like obsolete Oh uh, yeah, no, I see what but you mean. But then they differentiated it because the uh the hook shot was able was like it could uh stun enemies and it could pick up items, but the uh grappling hook had the ability to just snatch whatever like spoil the enemy had like straight off of them. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was such a cool way to differentiate the two and make it so that the um what's it called so make it that the grappling hook still had a purpose even when you had the hook shot oh dude totally i was like what's it called because i was thinking in breath of the wild 2 i keep trying to think in ways of like how i would want the hook shot to work in there but i more and more feel like i don't know if like in terms of breath of the wild like their universe i feel like a grappling hook would almost like feel more at home but i don't know how the switch would handle like rope physics I'm, you know what? As much as I would like to agree with you on that, Breath of the Wild has its own unique physics engine that the Switch handles perfectly fine. That's true. That's that's true. Uh, and uh, I know we're talking about we're we're talking about the the Legend of Zelda right now, but um, Monster Hunter Rise existing. God, dude, the fucking wire bug, you got me going. I'm gonna flip my chair. I'm thinking about that just, wire bug. 
Let's just have a Monster Hunter collab where we get to use wire bugs in Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild 2 is literally going to have the wire bug. I, you saw Link's <laughs> arm. That little, like, green extension. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting wire bug. <laughs> it's happening. I'm telling you, man, you made a mistake uh, having a podcast with me because I'm going to find a way to make it uh, Monster Hunter related every week. I have literally no issue with that. So that that will that will just inevitably succumb. <laughs> um let's go did you have uh any other uh innovations mechanics uh well in terms of like I, I know you brought it up earlier but like i really love the way that the motion control works for um skyward sword in terms of the combat and mm-hmm. i know that that's a very unpopular opinion and i know we kind of went over it last week but <laughs> just the the way that enemies will actually guard your attacks like and like the way you have to think about how you want to slash your sword and everything to me was just one of the coolest things to feel like it it felt like in my opinion at least it really felt like this is like the way that um zelda is like moving forward like this is the future of like like sword based combat in video games no, I could see that. Honestly, for me, I felt the same way where just by having every um, enemy have that like that read where like they like start guarding like where your sword's going, like it made every encounter feel important. It didn't just feel like I'm just going through a bunch of faceless pawns to get to an end goal. It really felt like, oh, I got to think about this and how I'm going to approach this person. Um, yeah, and with, like, the boss is also like having oh, yeah. like different ways you have to fight them. Granted, you know, some of them are like, you know, it's the big glowy eye. Monsters Inc. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but like, there, there's also, oh, I don't remember the name of the boss, but that golden boss that had six arms. Yeah, the one that does yeah. the weird little baby chuckle before it fucking dies and made me feel really weird. <laughs> yeah, but like, when you use the whip to snatch one of his arms and you grab his sword and you start beating him up with one of his giant swords i was like i was like this is this is the fucking (laughs) that feels pretty good (laughs) this is the future right here yeah because like i always whenever i hear people talk about skyward sword they're like oh you just wiggle the win or whatever i'm like i i feel like they're talking about the fucking wii sports sword game because, like, the Wii Sports Resort had that, like, I don't know if you've ever played it. It's, like, I think it's called, like, Sword Challenge. And it's, like, you have to, like, you go from point A to point B on rails. and like you Yeah, yeah, there's fight. a bunch of, of yeah. me's coming at you, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that one, you can, like, every now and then, like, it'll block you or whatever. But, like, you just kind of correct it and block them. But, like, you can wiggle to win that. Yeah. I, it's a little bit more complicated with Skyward Sword. All right. All right, all you people claiming to just wiggle through Skyward Sword. I that, that, that's not true. You lie. I know. I was there. Oh yeah, another um not it's not really an innovation, but um I think one part of the Zelda universe that often goes underappreciated is the multiplayer uh Zelda games, <gasps> namely Four Swords Adventures and yes. uh Triforce Heroes. I was waiting for this. Oh my god, I own Triforce Heroes. Oh dude, I do too. <laughs> then you understand my pain as well. (laughs) 
Yeah, the fact that we're like two of the four people in the world that own Triforce Heroes. Uh, like, it fucking bums me out because I legitimately think that game is like good and that like the, the, the idea of like dungeon crawling like Zelda dungeons in a multiplayer setting is so good. Yeah, I remember at one point I had two friends who I played with played it with and we got like through a few dungeons but like after that like initial weekend they just didn't want to play it anymore so i was like oh well i'll try going through it single player and i was like this is complete ass no literally the same felt the fucking same way and then like i tried like trying trying to find partners online was like taking forever and then like when you did find somebody like they would just like not be good or the game would just like lag way too much yeah I was just like it killed me the the closest i came to having like a good like multiplayer zelda experience was um i i think was it for zelda's 25th anniversary where they released four swords on uh, like anniversary on uh like the dsi or like uh i don't know if yeah it was for the 25th anniversary actually yeah because i i did get that and, and like i i think i had like two other friends that had it we didn't we weren't ever able to have like a full four party for it but like playing that was so fucking like incredible and like i really wish there were more games that lent to that like that cooperative dungeon crawling puzzle experience i mean there are i'm sure there are games but like zelda specifically uh, does it so well like come on yeah definitely um because yeah speaking of the the anniversary edition that was the one that um a friend of mine and i we, we rode the same school bus um every day we both uh he was the one that told me about it because like at the time i wasn't really following i wasn't really going on the internet a lot so i didn't know about like all these gaming news and and everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he told me like oh you can get um like was all the four swords on the ds like the dsi and the 3ds for free and i was like what free zelda yeah and so i got it and like every day in the morning when we were go when we would go to school we would play it together and so cool. I just thought it was like one of the coolest experiences. Like we would be competing to see like who got the most rupees and like we would coordinate like, oh, I'll get this item and you get this item so we can clear this puzzle and do this. And like, oh, let's do this dungeon next. And oh I, I God, love man. I love the multiplayer for those for both those games. Yeah, because like when Triforce Heroes worked, like it worked really well. Oh my god, I fucking, like, also, like, the emote system was funny, and, like, all all the different, like, costumes and how they actually affected gameplay was smart, like, I, I'm sorry to people that shit on Triforce Heroes, the only problem is you just never got a full party to play with, and that's probably why you don't like it. Yeah. God, dude, because it was literally, it's literally Link Between Worlds multiplayer, but, like, co-op, like, Link Between Worlds co-op. Let's pitch it like that. yeah it was it's such a fun game when you have two other friends to play with yeah i always wanted um what's it called the four swords that was on gamecube but obviously that needed the the game boy adapter so that oh you think you think that's bad dude um uh you ever heard of final fantasy crystal chronicles oh god didn't that one also require it uh, every player needed one, uh, their own Game Boy Advance with the Why? Game Boy Advance player, and the, <laughs> the game itself is so much fun. That's what but I it hear. Costs so much to play. I I heard the did the because the remake there was a remake on Switch. I think it came out already, but like 
I was hearing some criticisms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be nice, but <laughs> so it's ass. Yeah, it's like damn, dude, that sucks. Because like, you know, before when you used to play, um, you know, you would it was like couch co-op. Yeah. But now with the new one, um, whoever is the host is the only one who proceeds through the story. What? So if you if you want all four of your friends to go through the story, you have to do the same like level essentially four times in a row. Oh God, what the fuck? <laughs> I no, that's that's lame. <laughs> that is lame. Yeah, I was... it's a shame because game is great, but that sucks. <laughs> yeah, just like the, I mean, yeah, that's like the reason why I'll probably never play Four Swords on GameCube. I I know um. My my old uh, my old friend Nathan he has it but like we we could never play it and like like it just ugh, it looks like fun all the gameplay I've seen of it looks like fun but yeah it's one of those games that because I'll never fucking buy like four Game Boy Link cables and I don't even think it works on the uh, SP does it that like cable uh, I think it does does it yeah and like because I'm the, looking at my SP and like. Cable. It does have that port, but, like, I don't know if it would, like, plug in, because then it blocks the, um... I mean, depending on the size, I don't know, maybe it would fit. I just haven't, I'm, like, seen it used with it. I'm almost fairly certain it does, because I do have a friend who is, like, obsessed with Crystal Chronicles. Ooh. Uh, Shoutouts to you, Dalton, if you're listening to this. Um, Because he has actually gone out, and, like, whenever he sees that any place is selling, like, the um Game Boy Advance uh adapter, he he'll buy it. <laughs> oh that's smart i mean yeah it's good it's good to just have yeah so um yeah if i'm not mistaken i'm fairly certain it works with the so you're with saying the, there's uh, a chance <laughs> <laughs> i'll be able to do the tingle tuner also oh uh, dude i never understood how the tingle tuner worked and me i neither. still don't <laughs> me neither <laughs> i was i wrote down in my mechanics thing i had the game boy link cable in here and I was, like, trying to think in terms of, like, if they ever brought a sort of mechanic like this back, first of all, don't make it exclusive, like, through a cable and you got to buy shit. But maybe add some sort of feature that you can use with the Nintendo Switch Online app. Hmm. Like, um, the thing that I loved about Wind Waker HD was the fucking the Miiverse post bottles that you could just come across on the sea. That was one of the Oh, great... I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, dude. In Wind, in Wind Waker HD, uh, if you were connected to Miiverse and, like, online, you could come across, like, messages in a bottle, and, like, they will have, like, people's Miiverse posts. That is amazing. It was fucking incredible, and it would be so cool if in, like, Breath of the Wild 2, if you're using, because, like, in, I think in Splatoon 2, you can use the mobile app to, like, do, like, a, essentially Miiverse posts again. But, like, um, if you could do that for Breath of the Wild 2 and, like, leave, like, little, like, I don't know, like, like, little messages and stuff like that. Almost, I guess it's almost Dark Soulsy in that way. But, like, that'd be so fucking cool. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, that was one of my favorite things about that Wind Waker um, remake was, like, literally, like, as I'm exploring, I'll just come across, like, somebody's shit post on my way to, like, the next dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They got. They got to yeah, I mean, find some function for that. I never experienced it because I didn't have um, a Wii U, but uh, and I haven't played a lot of uh, what's it called? Sorry, uh, I haven't played a lot of Splatoon. 
oh, or yeah, Splatoon yeah. 2. But whenever I come across ship posts in the like little lobby area of Splatoon 2, <laughs> definitely brings a smile to my face. I like god dude miiverse was one of the coolest things and like i wish more i wish nintendo would bring back some sort of some sort of functionality with that i guess the biggest issue is that like if somebody draws like a ship post or like you know something more uh yeah that's, I guess, that's exactly what happened adult. yeah yeah and like you know nintendo is meant to be family friendly and for kids yeah i get it I get it, Nintendo. Yeah, I understand, even if it is a little sad. Maybe someday we'll be mature enough to handle our another <laughs> Nintendo social media platform. Oh man, speaking of Nintendo social media platforms, dude, me, uh, me Tomo on the <gasps> on the phone. Oh my god, I totally forgot about me Tomo. Oh my god, I'm never gonna forget about it because uh. My friends, like, fucking roasted me one time because, like, I, I got asked, like, oh, what's your favorite food? And I, I just, like, was, like, oh, I don't know, I'll just put, like, macaroni and cheese. And literally all of my friends were, like, damn, you you got some fucking, like, 12-year-old tongue if you're saying your favorite food's macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you got fucking roasted because you fucking had to choose your food on me, Tomo. Yeah, like, all, I, I got, like, a bunch of responses from my friends' knees, and I was like, oh, what are they gonna say? It's just, like, like fucking uh, mac and cheese, are you 12? And I was like, damn. Bro, <laughs> just fucking wake up in the morning just to see the me's of all my friends just fucking roasting me. I'm like, you know what? I, I'll just stay in bed today. That's fine. <laughs> Didn't want to get up anyway. Fuck. Just some mac and cheese. I miss me, Tomo, though. That shit was fun. That shit was fun. All right. Um, th did we have any other uh, some some more Zelda mechanics, or do you think uh, we want to wrap this one up? Uh, in terms of mechanics, I can't really. Not sure if I can think of anything. It's just aside from like, uh, I think that combat in Breath of the Wild feels great. So good, <laughs> fucking incredible. And I just think like. I, I I would even go as far as to say just the the whole of Breath of the Wild as an innovation. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, here, you know what? Maybe this could be our last discussion. Let's let's have this t uh, conversation. What do you think of the weapon degradation system? Um, it's a good concept, but I think it's flawed in execution. I think it's flawed, but also I love it. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying like like they have to remove it. Oh, um, okay. I think that the idea of it is smart because uh, it does kind of force players to um, adapt to using different weapon types. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, it kind of feels bad when you're using like you get like I don't know, say like a like a fire sword that's got like plus attack or whatever. Yeah. And then you're using it, and it's just like, oh, it's going, like, it's about to break, and you're just like, ah, shit, well, I don't want it to break. But, like, it it, it pressures you in a way that makes you feel like you don't want to waste it. Mm -hmm. um, even though, like I said, I think it's a very smart mechanic, because it does, uh, it, it, it's what made me go to use different types of weapons that I wouldn't normally use. Because I think when I first started playing, I was just using, like, the one-handed blades, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then I found out, like, oh, I actually love the way that, like, spear and lance weapons, you like, feel. 
Yeah. And I think that one of the biggest flaws with the weapon degradation system is, like, when you get one of the weapons that, like, you know, the champions use. So when you get, like, um, like Mifa's spear or uh, Rivali's bow, mm-hmm. um, it made me, like, because, like, they were so much stronger than regular weapons of that type. Uh, and I, I used them, and I... I loved him. It felt great, but then it's just like, oh, but it's gonna break. And I'm like, well, why? Why do these weapons have to break? Yeah. Like, I think I think you can repair those ones, can't you? Or do those ones actually full on break? They can break, but then you can get you can have them be rebuilt by using like their base weapon and like some other material when you go oh, to the, okay. the town of like that specific town. <laughs> not, not spoiling that town. <laughs> I don't remember, like you know, Zora's domain, uh, Rito mm. Village, yeah, or yeah. Um, Goron. Is it just Goron Village? I think so. I think <laughs> maybe Goron Town. <laughs> <laughs> Goron Town. Yeah, coming down to Goron Town. So I ended up like uh, just putting the like those um those three weapons uh, or those four weapons uh, like as like display pieces in my house that's literally yeah i think I, that's why i did too literally because i'm like oh i don't want these to break and i really like these weapons so i'm just gonna keep them here as like yeah what could have been <laughs> yeah because like i'm sure as hell wasn't gonna fucking use them and break them like yeah so i just it. i would just end up going to like hyrule castle and like raiding that place for weapons and shields and everything and then just like all right if i need anything else i'll come back later <laughs> yeah see the other thing is like because the, the highland shields in that game and like like when i first got it, i was like oh this one's invincible but like no it does break mine <laughs> still hasn't broken but i have that anxiety <laughs> that it's gonna fucking break at some point because it will <laughs> eventually you know where it doesn't break Wh- skyward what? sword <laughs> oh 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 you're right I wonder, because, like, that's where I was going to go next is say, like, in terms of fixing that system, do you think it would be okay to just have, like, maybe there is, like, one dedicated, like, at least, like, weapon, like, maybe the Master Sword and then, like, the Highland Shield that, like, are indestructible, but, like, you do have, like, more bonuses to using, like, the other weapons, but they are, like, they have a durability. You see, I feel like it's kind of hard to do that because of the lore of Zelda. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the master sword is supposed to be like the strongest sword. It you is the blade of evil. With a fucking fish bottle, like I don't, I don't need to hear <laughs> you, them start getting wishy washy on the lore. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like you, you definitely can, but it's like because of how they wrote the lore, it, it makes it like impossible to make like a weapon that's like stronger than the master sword. Every you know? time you say lore, I have another fucking vision of like Link using a fishing rod to distract Ganon. <laughs> Link using a fishing rod to distract Ganon. Link using a <laughs> bottle to bounce back his balls of light. <laughs> oh my god. The lore. <laughs> no, but no, I, I I totally agree, though. They they set up... That's the Sword of Heroes Bane. Or the Sword of Heroes... <laughs> sword of... <laughs> <laughs> Link fucking seppuku, like, right there. Link grabs the sword and instantly dies. <laughs> So the sword of evil's bane and like that they set up as that um restoring the master sword is like one of the coolest fucking things in breath of the wild and like yeah you can't really yeah you can't really kill you can't defeat the the 
king of all evil with any other fucking sword. It's blasphemy. Yeah, that's the that's the um the unfortunate downside about that. Like which is why I feel like they can't do anything like that even though I would really like them to. Yeah. I mean, it it's again, that's part of the reason why I really liked um Skyward Sword is because like, you know, each time you upgraded the goddess blade, like it would change in appearance a little bit, it would get stronger. Um, you also had like different shields that you could upgrade, and then like eventually culminating with the Hylian shield if you beat the boss rush gauntlet. Yeah. Oh my god. So <laughs> fucking. We're talking about rewarding. Yeah, like pulling up to demise <laughs> uh, with the master sword and the Hylian shield in hand. I like. I felt fucking powerful, man. Yeah, he's got like his evil version. Yeah. Oh my god, that so that cool. final boss fight was so sick. So fucking cool. Especially when you freaking have the the master sword get struck by lightning and then you yes! pierce it into it, plunge it into his chest. I was like, that is like one of the most satisfying victories. So good. I have dude. ever had. <laughs> so fucking good. Oh my god. I'm like trying to remember the um, what's it called? Because, like, in terms of, like, mo- what do you think is the most satisfying Ganon death? Ganondorf, Ganon, be it, whichever. Demise counts. I'm just going to count Demise. His, his evil gets reincarnated later, if you want to get into yeah, the lore reasons. For me, it would, it would have to be either Breath of the Wild, or not Breath of the Wild, not Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, the final boss of Breath of the Wild it's, for me it's was... Poo-poo. I did it, not it's like the it. worst part of the game. It's so like just like just end the game already, Link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it has to be either Wind Waker or Skyward Sword. Damn. Like, yeah, I I could see that. Sky like Wind Waker when you because you have to like uh you know reflect the light arrow that Zelda shoots at you to him because he's dodging the ones that she's just shooting on her own oh yeah and then you have to parry his attack and you do the little roll and you stab him in the head like yeah like damn dude dude. when i when i did that back when i was like eight years old i was like holy shit i'm a badass (laughs) (laughs) his monologue too is so fucking like deep it is it's like he he's not just like you know like I feel like in Ocarina of Time, Ganondorf is just generic bad guy take yeah. over the world. <laughs> power, I want power. Essentially, like they don't really go into it with like they they don't really go too deep into you know Ganon's backstory. Yeah, like, like the Garudos and like well, they kind of with the one sage, but like not entirely. Yeah, they 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 bring up oh he's the only male. Like in the race of females, which means he's going to be their king, and like that's why they have to serve him essentially. Yeah. But, um, you know, they never really explain like, oh, why is he evil? It's just because his name is Ganon. Yeah, it's just because yeah, whoever fucking gets the Triforce of Power for some reason just gotta be. Well, I guess it's Demise's fault. Yeah, it's Demise. But um, having Ganon like just talk with Link. At the end of of Wind Waker, before the whole fight, I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is like an actual character. It's not just I'm bad to be bad." <laughs> yeah, 
oh my god and like he literally he just straight up is just like you know it's like i just wanted like our life to be as good as like you guys like he's like i i coveted that like you really feel you really feel for this guy and then he fucking tries to kill you like a, t- a 10 year old boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh it is so satisfying though like the sword going into his head at the end yeah I'm trying to think. I think for me, it it goes to Ocarina. Like as a as like a boy playing Ocarina, going to the final boss. Like when I thought it was done, and then like all of a sudden you start going, you know, down the like castle as like with the timer going on. You're like, holy shit! Like gotta get out of here. And then once it finally crumbles down, it's still not over. All of a sudden, Dark Beast Ganon comes out, and you're like, oh shit! Okay, we're still going. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah th- it's that good level of oh, execution man. part of me mm-hmm. has difficulty taking <laughs> that fight seriously <laughs> purely because of speedruns oh that's so fucking true <laughs> just because watching a child link slash at the air in front of uh in front of ganon's face and then ganon dies it's just like <laughs> oh my god it's funny ganon's a little punk ass bitch <laughs> Yeah, dude, he got killed by a fucking stick. <laughs> Story of his life. I feel like every game since that has kind of tried to, like, replicate that kind of structure of, okay, you know, just beat up Ganon, and then he kind of <laughs> dies. You got to do a little thing, and then Dark Beast Ganon actually appears, and then that's, like, your final thing. Like, Breath of the Wild definitely kind of, like, I, 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 I got to say, man, like, that is one of the weakest parts of Breath of the Wild is that ending. <laughs> I also thought it was kind of lame that if you rescue all four of the champions, literally half the fight is completed for you because they just shoot a giant laser beam. Yeah, I was, I'm kind of in that same camp where I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I wish it was more interesting. Yeah, like, I I wish maybe that, like, like, because I, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I don't feel like that, like, how do I explain this? Because I feel like the point of the game is to do all the Divine Beasts. So I feel like my reward for doing all the Divine Beasts shouldn't be like, oh, let me like take half of the experience of the final boss away from you. <laughs> it's like, wait, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, l- let me like, like get like a new ability. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, but definitely taking like, a, like half the health bar out is just kind of like, well, like that's overkill. Like, I, I want to at least like have a challenge. It just felt so lazy to me. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I totally agree. Hopefully, I mean, I I don't know what they're going to do for Breath of the Wild 2, man. I'm not sure either, but I am looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, and we'll just have to keep waiting and waiting. I mean, there'll be a direct this year, hopefully. So I, I, I think this is one of my favorite um, lines, I guess, from a Zelda game is in Twilight Princess. It's not like my top favorite, but it's just one that came to me. And this it always comes up in my mind when I think about Ganondorf or Ganon. It's that like uh, it's right when Ganon's about to be like persecuted or executed, not persecuted. Well, he's about to be killed. <laughs> and like his uh, his like Triforce of Power, like kind of like act, like it activates at that moment. <laughs> And it kind of fucks up everything. And like the way the sages say, like, like they claim they they call it the divine prank. That like literally like one of the fucking powers of like the goddesses is entrusted to like this evil fucking being. 
Yeah. The divine prank. That's such like a great name for it. Uh, yeah, because like you'd expect like you know the goddess to give it to you know someone who's gonna do good things. Yeah, like wisdom, courage. Like, is there no good person that embodies power? Is power because I guess like you know power is all consuming. Uh, I would say that uh, Terry Crews is a good man who <laughs> yeah. encompasses, power. Uh, encompasses power. <laughs> fucking Gruus encompasses power. Gruus could be a good fucking <laughs> Triforce oh, power holder. Dude, that would be so good. Um, that, like, yeah, fucking Gruus should have had the fucking Triforce of power appear on his hand. <laughs> In the final boss, That'd he just so comes out and he with punches the eyes in the face. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> he fucking gets in the grusinator. <laughs> oh man, if there's one thing I'm happy about uh, with Breath of the Wild, or another reason why I'm happy that a Skyward Sword is getting uh, brought back, it's that Gruus posting is coming back. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> We're back, boys. <laughs> uh... All right. So I I guess we can wrap it up here. Yeah. Man, I, I am looking forward to the future of Zelda to another exactly 35 years and then they're going to cancel it. <laughs> 70 years, that's that's when Miyamoto said they're, they're done, officially. Yeah, the hero of time is going to be the hero of no more time. <laughs> no more time for this hero, sorry. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so, Ty, do you want to plug anything? Uh... Come catch my stream at twitch.tv slash kazefgc. I yeah. don't know if I'm ever going to have a consistent schedule, <laughs> but I'm going to try to stream more. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, there'll be links in the description to that. Um, also, yeah, go ahead and check out, um, I guess, Bootleg TJ. There'll be a link also in the description. Uh, playing through Majora's Mask right now, which has been really fun. And that's, I'm surprised I've been keeping a regular upload schedule with that series, but I'm going to need to record some more soon. So hopefully that goes well. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and we'll catch you guys next week with another edition of the Untitled Gaming Podcast Project. Hashtag Tug PP. Tug PP. <laughs> Don't forget it. <laughs> uh, see you guys. See ya.